Chocolate rain. Some stay dry and others feel the pain. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. Is the intro to our podcast today. Chocolate rain. That's my name for Tom Zalatani. Hey, this is your chocolate rain host, Tom Zalatani. And this is your Cherry Chocolate Rain host, Tim Blay. And we've got a super special surprise for you this week on the Up for Discussion podcast. And that surprise is that we murdered Simon and replaced him with a Jew. Oh, hello. Hi. I'm a Jew. Who's this person, Tom? This is my good friend, Andy Sherman. Hey, is that a high five? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap. I hope the microphone's caught that. Yeah. Nice. Hi, everybody. On the Uh, waveforms. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, I brought my own cup for discussion today. And uh, <laughs> sorry, did I, did I do something wrong? I'm not sure. Tom seems to have exploded. <laughs> so, Andy, who are you, and what do you do? Well, I uh, am a student in computer things. And very vague. Uh, I'm an occasional artist. I actually made the art for your podcast. Oh uh, yeah! Wow. You guys like that bear with the top hat? That was Andy's. Yeah, that actually is Andy. That's me. Yeah, I wore a costume for the modeling part of that. Uh, so that was me. Yeah. That's cool, Yay. man. How did you draw yourself while also being in a bear costume? Um, I went to art school. That makes sense. <laughs> surprisingly, what I learned in art school is <laughs> bears. That's it. Just bears. That's all you need, really. I mean, in life, or yeah, no, I agree. Bears is all you need in art. In art. Oh yeah, yeah. no, art, believe yeah. me. Mm. Sweet. A lot of bear people in art. Ah, uh, true. <laughs> ha. Ha. I was actually I was at a friend's place the other night who's taking an art class, and she was saying that the best like or the most interesting na- nude models to draw are like men who are like not super fat but have like a bit of a gut. Because they tend to have like there's some sagging going on, but there's also some parts of their body that are like toned and muscular. Interesting. And I was like, whoa, my body type is ideal for something. (laughs) The dad bod. That's the idea. I think, I mean, yes, you're perfect, Tom. Never change. But uh, I think just any body type in general is really good for drawing for models because like any body type, any body type. Yeah. I mean, because it's just good for practicing shapes and different things. Like whenever... It's something you'll see if someone doesn't do a lot of practicing with drawing is whenever they draw a face, it'll look like themselves. Huh. Because that's the face they see the most. Right. There's one person that I have on Facebook who went to school with me in uh, in, in that in CJEP in my art program. And she draws a lot and she has a page for her drawings. And like I see there's a lot of portraits of just women that are obviously not her, but the face is just they're all the same because they're all like the same her face. Interesting. And that's like something that a lot of people really need to get over and really need to work fast. So like uh, any dad bod, really like like really lanky woman or just like I've had a lot of models uh, in my years in drawing classes, I guess. And it just there's no there's never been an ideal. The only bad thing about a model is one that can't uh, stay still. Right. Those mm. are the worst. Because, like, a lot of them will try to go for this ambitious pose where, like, their foot's sort of up and they're leaning on a broom, which is balanced a little bit, and you have to draw them. But then by the time the, like, 10, 15 minutes are over, the leg is, like, near the floor. If you drew that, it's already wrong. And the teacher will come by and be like, you know, his leg's not in that position. I'm like, it was. It was in that position. <laughs> he okay. chose a position he couldn't it's keep not up. My fault. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's brutal. I did have one experience last year when I took a drawing course, just like an elective drawing course. And we were doing uh, uh, perspective, like linear perspective with like boxes and stuff, just right. so we all like looks realistic and not just like this weird floating blob. Hmm. And the teacher comes up to me, and I'm uh, six foot two, and the teacher must have been like five foot one or something. And she's like, "That line isn't right. You can't see that." I'm like, "I can. I can see that. I'm a little <laughs> bit higher up than you." She's like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> and so like I pretended to change it a little bit just to make her feel better, because like you need to agree with the art teacher, otherwise. You know, art teachers. Art isn't anything unless you're adhering to the standards set before you by the art teachers. I mean, you, I took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. I completely agree with everything you just said. That's great. Podcasting isn't anything unless you completely agree with the words being said by the podcast host. I disagree. Shit. Wow, you're not anything on this <laughs> podcast. But that's an interesting psychological phenomenon that, like, 
people draw tend to draw themselves unless trained otherwise. Like, do you think you think it's just because most artists are narcissists or is this like a general human thing? I think it just has to do with the fact that the face you see most often is your own. Mm-hmm. When you're, it's the face you're most familiar with when you're looking in the mirror all the time. I assume you have mirrors in your house. Otherwise, how do you get your hair so perfect, Tim? Um, um, I don't know, but longtime viewers of the podcast will know that my hair is always perfect while filming. <laughs> well, it's canon. I drew it that way. Yeah. <laughs> your hair is parted on the right side and everything. The right, <laughs> the right side, the left side. That's the other thing. I guess you would draw, strictly speaking, a mirror image of your face if you yeah, were it's really actually, accurate about it. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, usually people sort of tend to draw sort of uh, more symmetrical faces, I guess. Yeah. Because it's a little bit hard to add the slight asymmetries without making something look really wonky. Right. Yeah. So usually they sort of keep towards the symmetrical so in that way any mirrored version doesn't really matter i would right. say mm. it's hard to like toe that line between perfectly symmetrical symmetrical and like quasimodo exactly yeah there's like the uncanny valley that you get into where it looks like something's really gross and weird yeah and just like why is his eye on his forehead that's that's not right is this <laughs> am i drawing myself or steve buscemi or both steve mm. buscemi has eyes on his forehead have you never seen Steve Buscemi? I've I've seen his eyes. Do you, you watch the Boardwalk this? Empire? I've seen his eyes on lots of people that I didn't wish to see his <laughs> eyes on. That was a fun experience. <laughs> I think um, I've seen that. If you podcast hosts, or podcast listeners, go to Google and type in Steve Buscemi eyes. You will have fun. Um, but no, I wasn't aware that. I mean, to the extent that everybody's eyes are on their foreheads, sure, his eyes are on his forehead. But well. he just sort of got the whole little asymmetry. It's not actually that bad. It's just a little bit. If you really look. If you really look in the mirror uh-huh. at your eyes, unless you're like perfectly symmetrical, you'll notice that one of them's like a bit higher up or a bit something to the other mm-hmm. one. And the more you look at it, the weirder it is. Right. And just like, that's not right. That's not, is that right? That's, yeah. not, right. that's is my, not right. Is my head slightly tilted? There's you, an extra yeah. dimension to that when you wear glasses too, because my glasses are often crooked. Yeah, because so, your ears aren't perfectly uh, symmetrical always. So like, and, and my glasses, if you look at them, they're just horribly deformed because I keep <laughs> sitting would, on them. I um, also do that. So like, I'll be filming something for like, for my YouTube stuff and I'll spend like five minutes slightly angling my head and slightly angling my glasses because like, okay, but if I turn that way, my head's right, but my eyes are wrong, but my glasses are wrong the other way. And then, yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's I have the same thing with just sunglasses. Cause I just like, I'll look at them and I'll put them on and be like, oh, these look okay. Except why are they at a 45 degree angle? And like, I turn my neck, <laughs> turn my head. I'm like, I guess I'll just keep moving my head constantly so no one gets to look at it. No Every works. picture of me is blurry. Be sort of like the, the chicken kind of guy. Just yeah, just like, head always like a bird, just like always alert. I mean, I'm moving my head around, but no one can see that. Yeah. Tom can see it. I can see it. You you can describe it. Okay, I'm gonna do it. You you be you describe it. Okay, okay I got this. Left up, right down, left right. Uh, he's going back and forth a little. He's and cre- I'm done. creaking. That was good. Yeah, it was good. That was really good. I Thanks thought you were just like trying to find a cheat code for Andy there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just actually gave us eternal life. <laughs> Could you imagine if like I just moved my head around and then suddenly I just like became super buff? Yeah. Or like stripped down. Well, like five like apples fall suit. on the floor <laughs> and we're like, oh cool, great. Apples. Sweet. Infinite apples. <laughs> she guys want some apples? Yeah, why not? Or could, mushrooms. Whatever's could, given life these days. I could eat some apples. Yeah. What's your favorite way to consume an apple? Um, Favorite way or most common way that I do? What is the best way? Hmm. See, I'm actually, even though I know it's wasteful, quite a fan of like like cutting apples and skinning them. So that like when you bite into the apple chunk... There's like just nothing but complete pure apple flesh taste, uh-huh. but it's way too much work to like actually do that. That sounds point. like a lot of effort. And also, funnily enough, after that, I do enjoy eating just the apple skin, which makes it less wasteful. I feel but- like you're you're wrong. You're not you're not thinking big enough here. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm talking. We're talking pure apple. We're talking right? about like not- the best way to consume an apple. I'm asking you what the best way to consume apples is. So okay, yeah, but like answer- we're not talking like apple pie. We can be talking well, about apple pie. That was my pie answer. Defeats yeah. everything. Yes. Apple pie is a meal of kings. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any argument there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the meal of presidents. Because it's American, right? Is apple it? Pie. Yeah. Did they invent apple pie or is it's that just an... one of the things they appropriated? It's as American <gasps> as apple pie. I don't know. Johnny Appleseed planted lots of trees, right? I mean, I don't think he invented apples, though. I doubt that anyone invented Did apples. Did Johnny Appleseed plant the trees? We all know who's really doing the planting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Johnny Appleseed has slaves, but I could be wrong. Yeah, fair enough. You probably didn't. 
I don't think I've ever actually heard the Johnny Appleseed story. So, I just, like I've heard like what you've said basically where he planted seeds. Are you gonna are you gonna play me a little? Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need: the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. That was Johnny Appleseed's song. Oh. That he probably didn't sing, but someone probably wrote about him I, or I put on a folk album that. in the forties or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Johnny Appleseed was this dude who came to America and planted apple trees wherever he went as he went across the land and like started orchards and stuff. And I think probably, I don't know, it might have been for the purposes of eventually making alcohol or something that wouldn't surprise me. But in any case, he's one of the big reasons why America has so many god dang apple trees (laughs) and why most of them are like Macintoshes because I think that's what he planted. Those are inferior apples, by the way. I'm talking say. about talking about what? What's your Royal, favorite apple? Royal Gala. Those are good. It where, depends what you want, at. though, because like I find like some apples that are great for cooking are terrible for eating. That's true. Like, yeah, personally, no. I'm not a fan of Granny Smith's, but like Granny Smith's in an apple pie, real good. Well, any apple in an apple pie is going to taste different than it does when it's not in an apple pie. Yes. So I, I feel like if you're going to go for preferred apples, just in general, it would be one that you can just pick up and take a bite out of. Right. So in that case, definitely Royal Gala or Red Delicious. Uh, are you so you're generally a fan of the real sweet apples? Yes, uh, the sour ones are not my favorite. Mm. Like they're, they're like when I bite an apple, I expect like apple juice sweet, you know? Ah, uh. they're just like mm, mm, sweet, yum, delicious, mm. crunch, good, good, right? But the cr- the crunch is very important. Like I think I can get behind any apple that's sufficiently crunchy. But those apples that you bite into and they they're kind of soggy. Ooh, instead. Ooh, like the crab apples. Mm, crab apples are different. Why would you eat a crab apple? People do. I mean, they make pies out of them and stuff. I think I have a crab apple tree in my backyard. Yeah, Tom. When we were living together, didn't our our whole community went and like got a whole bunch of crab apples from a local crab crab apple tree and juiced them? And we actually still at my apartment have the juice in our freezer. I am That's gross. glad to say I did not participate in these we shenanigans. Were going to, I think we were going to make them into alcohol as, <laughs> as things often go with apples. Yes. Um, but we never got around Anything. to it. Yeah, yeah uh, I think the, the sour ones are okay, or like the less sweet ones, as long as you know what you're getting into. Because right. I guess uh, the way I was brought up, I would expect apples to be sweet, right? Ah. And like take a bite of an apple, and I'm like, oh, this is good. It's sweet. I'm happy with it. But if it's like, a sour apple. It's like expect. It's like when you have, have you ever had like a glass of water in front of you, and you think it's gonna be Coke just because you don't remember what you poured, and then you take a sip and you're just like, oh god, this is disgusting. Even <laughs> though it's not disgusting, it's just water, but it doesn't taste like Coke. So your brain's like, what is this? I reject it immediately. Yeah, I haven't had that happen usually because I look in my glass at some. It hasn't point happened to me for a long time. It. But like if you have like let's say it's like a, a mug, a cup, cups for discussion. Right. And uh, yeah, if you if sure if you have if you've got your coke in a mug, and then it's not actually coke. It's yeah, and you, like you just poured something. There's like a coke bottle on the table, and you're like, you had had coke before, and then you refilled it with water because like I had enough coke. I'm gonna have some water, and you just absentmindedly put it up to your lips, and you take a sip, and you're like, mm, that was not what I was expecting. See, that's happened to me in reverse because you guys are probably neither of you old enough to like remember this. It was probably before your lifetimes. Because this, uh, this happened to me when I was how like much three old? or four. Okay, um, then yes. How much older than you? Then? I'm, I'm 26. How old are you? I'm 22. Okay, yeah. So back in the day, there was a, a kind of Pepsi called Crystal Pepsi. Oh, yeah. I've um, heard of that. Do you ever see Crystal Pepsi in your I life? I feel like I had Crystal Pepsi at some I point. Because I feel like, I, I don't know, it was discontinued when I was like five or something. But the first time I encountered Crystal Pepsi, I was convinced that someone was just messing with me and they were giving me a glass of water. I mean, like, oh yeah, this is Pepsi, sure, try this. I don't remember how it tasted at all. Probably like Pepsi, like but Pepsi. worse. I don't know. I've heard bad things about that. That's one of those things that like, oh man, remember Crystal Pepsi? Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they stopped making that. I don't know. I can't, I can't recall at all what it tasted like. Mm. Only that I thought I was being scammed. I didn't used to even like soft drinks until i was like maybe 10 years old just the bubbling bothered me i didn't drink anything i think kids have a lot more sensitive mouths right like yeah i can remember coke being painful to drink Mm. and (laughs) i don't remember that it's not anymore or at least it's like you can still tell there's that sensation right which to us you know to adults is just kind of like enjoyable or whatever but as a kid i would take a sip and be like ow this hurts 
Yeah. yeah, I used to never like it. Then one time, I don't even know what it was. Just one time, someone was like, here, try some again. Oh, I think it was like one of those orange or grape sodas that mm. one of my friends used to have gateway all the time. Gateway drug. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it was a gateway pop. Yeah. And uh, I just like, I sipped and I'm like, this is really sweet. And I, it doesn't hurt me that much. <laughs> I like it. Yay. I always like, I drank a lot of soda as a kid and now I don't anymore because I've stopped enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Like I what had is the it about reverse it? thing from what you were describing where like for a long time I liked it and then <clears throat> maybe like a year or two ago I stopped drinking it just for a little while and now when I try to drink it again I'm like nope too sweet too bubbly makes me feel bad do not want interesting yep oh I thought you said too lovely for a second I was like why would something too lovely no, make too, you feel bad that would be bubbly. like the opposite no well <clears throat> if you're a true artist you can't have too much enjoyment in your life because life is pain and it's once true. you feel good you stop making good art pain demands to be felt yeah, bro. Oh, God. I watched The Fault in Our Stars last week. Oh, you did? The Fault in Our Stars is a good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally got around to it. It's, uh, wow. I, you know, I remember crying at the book like three years ago when I read it. Yeah. But wow, that movie. That movie, what? Bad. I, Jan, I, Jan Groen. Didn't do much for me. No? I don't, I don't know nothing about that movie or book. It's, uh, it's a story it. about a, a, a girl with lung cancer who meets a boy who doesn't have a leg, <laughs> and he's like abnormally <clears throat> suave for a 16-year-old, and yeah. they fall in love. And then, you know. But just all of his lines are just nonsense. Like <laughs> The whole mean? thing is just full of him. Like He just speaks in like aphorisms and stuff. Like, oh, it's all, true. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm smoking, but... It's a metaphor. Oh, that one I've heard where he <laughs> yeah. like has cigarettes but doesn't light yeah. them. Yeah, you put the thing that has the power to kill you between your teeth, but you don't give it the power to kill you. It's like okay, but at the same time, you're still buying it, so you're funding the cigarette corporation well, to make them kill more people. But Man. I mean, you could have one cigarette pack and last. It's true. Make it last forever as long as you're okay with really soggy cigarettes. That's true. But like, what if one time you just like accidentally bite it and you're like, well, I spit it out and then you need another one. Well, yeah. then you chew it because, you know, chewing tobacco is also a thing. And then you slowly get mouth cancer from putting it in your mouth to begin with. Yeah, but that's okay. Don't smoke, kids. Smoking. Smoking. Guys, this week's episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you by smoking. Don't <laughs> do it. Is that what you're hoping for? <laughs> <laughs> that just, just, sure. yeah, we good. didn't really need the, the second part. Just don't. Don't. Uh, we do actually have a quick plug for you this week. A plug. Um, <clears throat> Perfect. I brought my outlet. Tim, can you give me some? Oh, Andy. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim, can you give me some sweet plug jams? Um, Just some background music. It's the worst. That was good. That was uh, beautiful. Thank you. I've got a message here from Simon. He says, "Do you care about sick kids? Do you think ill children should get better? Of course you do. You're not a monster. That's why you should support Simon in the fashion show that he's joined that raises money for the Montreal Children's Hospital Fund. Even just five dollars can really make a difference." Go to our Facebook page where we've shared a link to the donation page and you can feel great about helping kids in need. Wait, so it's the, the thing is a fashion show, yeah. but you can donate without going to the fashion show? I think so. I like this and yet I don't entirely see the point of the fashion show then. It's mostly so that you can look at Simon's body. I, I think mean, that's fair. the best kind of fashion show where you don't have to go. That's true. All charity fundraisers should have like a donate but don't go button involved. Yeah, like, I feel a lot of them are like, you pay to get in, but there's not like a, like, here's your ticket. I'm like, well, I don't really want to take someone else's seat because I don't want to go at all. Yeah. But I'd also like to help sick children. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I, I don't, I don't want to see Simon's beautiful body. Like the best, the best charity fundraisers are obviously the ones that are actually like a, a genuinely good event as well. And, you know, Simon is delightful to look at. Um, but we and, get to look at his body pretty much weekly. Yeah. And there's another, you know, Tim Brossard? Yeah, he's also gonna be in that fashion show. Oh, cool! You know, like attractive people. Yeah, gonna be there for sure. But like sometimes, you know, the, the phenomenon of like the terrible fundraiser coffee house, where, you know, you get a bunch of people together who are all part of something and they want to raise money for that thing, and so they play their instruments really badly and they read awkward poetry, and you spend like two hours suffering for the fact that you paid for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's sort of the point of a coffee house, though, is that anybody can sort of just go up and be terrible. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's for a good cause. So. Yeah, but like, that's the kind of thing that I really wish there would be a donate button because then I could. Because <laughs> you can't, once you walk in and like give your $10, you can't then walk out and be like, sorry, guys, not interested. 
I just, I mean, you kind of could, right? Like, you could make up an excuse. But you can yeah. just be like, look, I don't really have time to be here, but I really wanted to give to the cause. That's so true. goodbye and enjoy your terrible music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an option. I mean, we've played our share of like terrible coffee houses. Oh, yeah, before. for sure. Yeah, but we, you know, we elevated them. It's true. We brought them from terrible to mediocre. <laughs> Depending what we did. Yeah. So sometimes okay. we brought them back to terrible again by the end. <laughs> <laughs> thinking specifically of that one time we duetted take me or leave me yeah from rent that was that was bad news we have should you, have quit while we were ahead have you seen rent still not okay there's a song in rent that's basically this like like lesbian breakup song oh yeah, yeah. involves two very talented sopranos um we decided to do that can we get a sample of that just for all the listeners <laughs> Go ahead, um just let's just go from the uh, the duet part at the end. The, Take me for what I am. Okay, am I going high or low? <clears throat> go, go low. Okay. One, two, three, four. Take me for what I am. No, we did not Boy, get no, that key not, right yeah, at well, all. You're not even playing an instrument before expecting me to jump in. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go watch Rent, go and watch Rent, and then you will hear Adina Menzel and what's the. Do you uh, remember? My goodness, Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms, that's her name. You guys really showed me uh, how mediocre it was. Thank you. <laughs> it was something like that. See? Yeah. We'd have to take that time. from the beginning if we wanted to actually get to it. Yeah. And then that would take a lot of time. I just wanted Three to be on the spot. That's all. Don't worry you about it. You did that. I mean, you that did a good job with succeeded. that. I'm never yeah. being invited back. Yeah. Wow. Note to self find new art for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self find new friends. <laughs> Oh, oh man, oh man. Andy, you play Pokemon. I do play Pokemon. Help me convince Tim that Tim should play Pokemon. Why should Tim play Pokemon? Of all the things that Tim could waste his precious time on, including valuable human relationships, why should Tim instead play Pokemon? First of all, valuable is a very strong word. Yeah. Well, uh, second of all, well, it, it depends. Do you play video games at all? I play the occasional video game. It for does the, short amounts of time. Does the occasional video game count as, like, mean Mario Kart or Mario Party or any other party game? Or does it mean, like, an actual video game? It means mostly things akin to Mario Kart and Mario Party, to be honest. If, like, it's not necessary, but my criterion for video games is that I have to be having fun within five minutes. I think you can have fun I within five a, minutes it's of a Pokemon. Fun, yeah, I would, like, I would try it out, honestly. Like, because it, it's just like a, it's, it's not a... It's not. It's not a very moving game. It's not a very like. Uh, it's not a very heavy game. It's very lighthearted. Just like, oh, look at these cute little animals that you're forcing to kill each other. Great. Yeah. And uh, and it's just like these cute little little creatures. They like look like little penguins or little turtles or dinosaurs or whatever you want. Well, not whatever you want, but you can choose between three. I mean, at this point. Oh, yeah, that's true. What, what's a what's uh, a keys. what's a creature you'd want? A creature? Yeah. Yeah. What's something you'd want to have as a as a fighting companion? A fighting companion. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. just just think of an animal that you like, or an object. Well, a few objects, or like I'm a type of, of owls. person. Owl. There's there's an owl. There's well, of course there's a, there's an everything Pokemon. Mm, it's a pretty decent I think owl. Just the two owls. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Like everybody, there's there's this phenomenon in fandoms where once people are indoctrinated into thinking that this is the best thing ever mm. slash have been, you know, have had it in part of their lives since they were like five years old. Then of course they're going to tell you that you should do it because it's such, it's so the, like, they're so emotionally invested. Right. So what I'm looking for to really convince me that something like Pokemon is worth playing is someone who's been convinced like in adulthood, like outside of that indoctrination process, well, like of their own accord. Right that this was still good. I can sort of say that. I mean, I did have a game when I was younger. I played uh, Pokemon Silver on the Game Boy Color when I was a kid. But then I stopped playing. Okay. For years until like the ones on the DS came out, I think, and I played uh uh Black and White, which is like the from a maybe 4 or 5 years ago, I'd say. I think 2012, yeah. Yeah, so they I brought I out a Black only... and White game in 2012. It's called Pokemon Black. It was really Black really and like retro White. of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was interesting because uh, it had to do with segregating all the Pokemon between the black ones and the white ones. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, like I picked it up again after like, I mean, I, there was some nostalgia value in it where I was like, wow, like uh, it's like the old games, except all the Pokemon are slightly worse. 
and uh it was still a lot of fun and i've been i got back into it like because of that because they're just like oh there's a new game i can play i didn't i didn't care about ruby sapphire i actively dislike diamond pearl because of the stupid pokemon and then I, the new ones were really cool and i've been buying almost every one since and they're really fun fair yeah i mean <clears throat> i think yeah like i have a similar thing where i played almost all of them till i was like maybe 15 and then took like a five-year break and bought the new one and was like wow even as an adult these are really good hmm. so i don't know well, i'll get i'll give it credit it's like just a basic like have you played like RPG games where you just sort of? Uh... I I've disliked every RPG game that I've played to be honest. Hmm. What about it? Was it the story that you disliked? Or... Uh, it was just the like the grinding. Yeah, anything that you have to grind through, I don't really appreciate. Well, there's fair. in the newer games, it makes the grinding a lot less because hmm. in the old ones you had to individually do it, and you had to like if you wanted to train a Pokemon, you had to have it in the front of your party, so it had to actually see the Pokemon that you were fighting, yeah. even if you swapped it out. But now. There's this thing that just like the experience share. So literally you go up to like this high level guy and you fight him and you have these like eight, uh, not kind of eight. Yeah. Like these four <laughs> level one Pokemon and you're just like in your bag, like with you in your party. They don't even see the guy and they level up to like level 40 or something. Just by magic. Yeah. Yeah. They just like, share some of the experience. So it, it, it sort of takes a lot of that out and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's very satisfying, like getting the super effective moves. I don't know if you know sort of how the types work. I'm not particularly. It's basically like a huge, complicated rock paper scissors. Essentially, yeah. Like there's like there's like see where like elemental types. Where does the where wherein comes the satisfaction from this game? Because like you describe it as rock paper scissors. Rock paper scissors to me is not fun, well, right? Well, it's no, a, no. It's great for settling disputes, but it's like. You know that's like that's like calling D and D a dice rolling game. Like it, I know what makes D and D fun, I mean, come, and it's the I'll, story, right? I'll I'll go like, back to that and I'll correct that if you want. Constructing these complicated characters and scenarios and stuff, and like you know bonding with the people you're playing right. with. So like for Pokemon, what is the thing that like to you gives you like an emotional payoff that makes it worth it? Well, the thing about the rock, I just want to go back to the rock paper scissors thing really quickly. In that when you play rock paper scissors, it's sort of I don't know what this other guy has. Like he's going to yeah. do one of three things. But in this one, you know what the other person has. Like it, it's not the same. It, the rock, paper, scissors only applies to the typings that are effective against each other. For example, there's all the, like, the elemental stuff. There's like grass, fire, water, electricity, uh, rock, ground, etc. Right. Fairy. Ground. Stuff. Yeah. Ground different. is a type. It's like the earth it's opposed, as opposed to rocks. You know? Ah, okay. So like, uh, for example, soil, for example, just using the three, like a starter ones, fire, water, grass. Right. So fire, super effective against grass because, you know, Makes fire sense. burns grass. Yes. Grass is super effective against water because they drink the water. Basically, plants drink water to survive. Right. And water is super effective against fire because water puts out fire. Okay. Unless it's an oil fire, in which case it's different. Story. I put out an oil fire with water once, just saying. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I made an oil fire on my front porch once and then it started to rain and it was very bad news. There was like five <laughs> feet worth of fireball flames. That is spooky. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. Um, uh, but yeah, the satisfaction in like getting a good Pokemon matchup is that you have to know all the typings, right? And so then you go into a battle and you see that the guy's got something and you're like, oh, I have something that can deal with this. And then you send something out that can deal with that. And then you deal with it because you understand the strategy behind the game. And you're like, that was really satisfying. There's I this win. sense of like mastery in what you're doing. Absolutely. Like I, yeah. I have achieved the skills of knowing that this is, that I can win at this. Yeah. I'm liking this conversation because I'm actually taking a game design course this semester. Okay. And this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. We actually, in one class, we had to play rock, paper, scissors for about like five minutes and mm. then just discuss it for like half an hour or something just about the stuff like that, where like it's very like you, you it's, it's sort of it is a game at its core, but it people don't really play it for fun. Yeah, mm. it's, stuff like, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, really interesting stuff. Well, that's it, because well, I wouldn't yeah. play Pokemon if it was just a rock, paper, scissors game. No, absolutely but not. Because the rock, paper, scissors is a familiar mechanic that we're used to from when we're kids making that the way that you decide who wins a battle to some yeah. extent. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it feels familiar, but it takes it to a more interesting level where there's strategic elements and technical things that you right. can exploit. And, you know. 
Yeah, I think the best the best designed games, right, are the ones that have multiple levels of like satisfaction associated with them, right? Yeah. So like the best game is one where the mechanic itself is super fun. And then on top of that, ha- like like immediately when you start playing it, like the mechanic is 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 fun to do. And then when you get you get sort of these meta levels of but also I'm developing like strategy and mastery right. of these different techniques and that's like an extra level of enjoyment. Yeah. And so like, it lets it lets the player get into it very easily and then they discover that there's this whole world. Yeah. You know? Well I mean like and even just to sort of add another layer in the example of Pokemon, <clears throat> excuse me, each each Pokemon has their own moveset that they can learn. They can only have four moves. You have to choose and they ha- you can learn things of different types. So like let's say you're like this water type and this grass type comes, but you also learn this fire type move that can kill the grass type guy. So you're just sort of like you, 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 you gamed the system. Right. And so it's just sort of a satisfaction of like, you thought you'd be able to beat me, but I beat you. I played <laughs> my trap card. Exactly. You activated yeah. my trap card. Oh snap. Well, uh, viewer listener, what do you think? Would you, would you play Pokemon based on this conversation? Do you think Tim Blay should play Pokemon? Let us know. I think viewers would probably want you to play Pokemon. It depends on our listeners. Yeah. Are there any that are over the age of 20? Probably. Could we have a page, we have two Patreon subscribers who are over the age of 20. The, yeah, but they're both, uh, maybe I should have put and the, they're both the bar Pokemon higher. people. Fine, 30. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is 40 and plays Pokemon, so. <laughs> I mean, that that's rare <laughs> also because, like, I guess the older you get, like at a certain point, you were already a certain age when these games started to come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even play many video games at all. So it's sort of that whole like cutoff where like you didn't, you weren't brought up with any video games. And so you're like, well, I don't feel like putting, I don't care about virtual little creatures. Who cares? That's how I felt about Tamagotchis. We were talking about Tamagotchis last week, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And did, did you talk you... about Pokemon last week also? Yeah. Mom told me you guys discussed this. I basically, I told Andy I've been. Like trying to sneak Pokemon into the conversation as much as possible, <laughs> just to sort of plant it in your head, just so I should play Pokemon. I mean, the the up, I think the upshot of Pokemon for me is just it's one more thing, yeah, in the list of things that I don't have time to do. Actually, Ika has been trying to convince me to play Portal. Okay, and that's Ooh. something that like. You know, that's kind of up on my list because it seems like something that sort of immediately grabs you. Yeah, um, it, but it's a lot It's a lot quicker gratification and less time consuming than Pokemon probably. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, the thing about games on any mobile thing like a DS or something is that you can just sort of carry it with you. And when you're on the metro, when you're on the bus, you can do it. When you're waiting around for something, you can do it. You can just do it, sort of pick it up. Right. Then you just hit save fold the DS, put it in your pocket, and you can pick it up whenever. So it's not like you have to really have a long-term time commitment to it. That's interesting, because, Tom, Tom, you and I were talking about this a little mm-hmm. while ago in terms of, like, travel time and the uses of travel time. Right. Um, I find travel time <clears throat> to be immensely useful if you don't allow yourself, if, if you, like, just allow yourself to sit and not do things. I don't know, maybe it's just being a creative type, but I find that, like, all my good ideas come to me while on the metro without internet access and in the shower because they're the times when you have to like amuse yourself by your own mind and nothing else. And you end up going places where otherwise, as soon as you got a little bored, you'd say, oh, I should pull out this distraction or read this article or scroll through Facebook. So yeah, I don't know. I you've had so. this sweater for a very long time. What? <laughs> I just noticed. <laughs> this is not related to the conversation, Tom. Don't get noticed. off track onto my hygiene habits. Tim, how long have you owned that sweater? Owned this sweater. I've been yeah. wearing this sweater for like two weeks. Tim, how long have you owned the sweater that you've been wearing for two weeks? Probably as possibly as long as you've known me. Yeah, I think you've had this sweater since we were kids. No, I mean, we were never kids together, we so don't kid yourself. But I get it. I I think yeah, because this was. This sweater, for those of you who can't see it, it's a it's a nice uh, green sweater. It has the advantage of its strings for the hood part of the hoodie are, in fact, earbuds. Oh. Although, looking at it right now, it appears that one of my earbuds has broken. And this is a new thing. This was not like this, like, two days ago. Hmm. But uh, they were never very good to start with the earbuds. Like, the problem is that they're the silicone type. And so the silicone bits, when you wash it, they they get 
lost and stuff. I feel like just having electronics in the washing machine is probably a bad idea. Well, it's anyway. not really electronics. It's just a wire, right? Yeah, like the wire yeah. is not gonna as long as like it's stainless or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I got this. This was the first sweater that I was given by the Warnungbury family, and they've been getting giving me a sweater every year for Christmas since I was eighteen, I think. Wow. So yeah, it's yeah. been a while. I don't think I've seen a sweater like that since I was in maybe sick too. Well, when you were in sec two, was I 18? Uh, yeah, uh, you would have been. No, maybe. I think probably I think like a, a brief flash like where two? people... It was about eight years ago. I don't even know, man. It's probably like, like earbuds, like sil- those silicone earbuds were fairly new and people were like, let's try this innovative idea before everybody realized that number one, it looks absolutely ridiculous. When you put your, it like, looks like it looks like the people who like chew on their uh, little tassels and whatever, just like putting it in your ear. Yeah, like extra level. Like like to, ha- <laughs> to have your hoodie strings going into your ears is just a very bizarre thing to look at. And number two, it's a bad design in terms of having earbuds that don't get lost and fall apart. Yeah, well, that that's sort of a thing about the earbud itself, and sort of beyond the initial ridiculousness of shoving your uh, little tassels in your ear. Yeah, those work for tightening your hood. Huh? Can you tighten your head with that? I think, but I've always been skeptical or, or like, I don't want to try too hard, right? Yeah, so it because looks I, like the wire is sort of right at the entrance. Yeah, it so really feels like I'd, it's going to like snap like if I do anything too severe with it. Like, I wouldn't do that thing where I pull the hood over my and face like and try to like... Tug you know, it as hard as you can. Yeah. yeah, completely shut off my air circulation and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an impressive, like... Like long term duration on that sweater, but I mean, how long have you had your sweaters? Like, do you turn over your sweaters every couple of years? I don't turn them over, but I actually have one that I've had maybe for three or four years now that I discovered has holes in the elbows. Oh, that's and fun. like it's not like it's like a like a right like a H and M sweater, just like a good green sweater, and I just like noticed at one point like I put my elbow on the table and it was cold and I'm like what is this <laughs> and it's like wore through like the way like jeans sometimes wear through at the knees and I've never had that happen before with a sweater is it the kind of sweater that will look good with elbow patches you know I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of sweater that I would probably I'm probably still gonna wear for a little while because the holes are very small yeah I'll just right. wear them less often that's it's like you... this sweater you're wearing now like the nice knitted kind of sweater that would yeah. look nice with like elbow patches that could work yeah, yeah. I mean if I want to look like a college professor then sure yeah. yeah and I mean you do want to look like a college professor in general I... that's the end goal yeah. yeah yeah I mean I'm in art school what else am I gonna do <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. yeah I I yeah, I think I tend to like I'll wear sweaters that have holes in them until the hole gets so big that I can put my hand through it and then I'll stop wearing that sweater. Unless it's the hand hole, in which case that's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't want to make that mistake. I usually buy oh, sweaters darn. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you wait until the holes got big enough that you can get into the sweater and it's then like a banana, it. right? You buy it before it's ripe. Yeah. And you wait for it to be ready, then you can use it. So it's one of those things you buy the whole the sweater and you just sort of like shove your hand into it a couple times every day just to see if it's ready. And then one day your hand finally goes through and you're like, it's finally time. I've made it. <laughs> I hate buying bananas before they're ripe. Can we have a discussion about this? Because we've, we've done the apple thing now. And there's mm-hmm. the, the difference between apples and bananas is that there's only one type of banana, right? I mean, there's many types of bananas. That's not true, actually. But there's only one type of banana oh, that you can buy. Are you going to say plantains? Because they're different. No, oh. no. There are like... No. There are many types of bananas. Back in the 50s, there was a completely different kind of banana. It was called the, the ground something or other. And it got wiped out by a blight, and it doesn't exist now. It's extinct. Mm. So they had to replace it with a different banana. And that's right. actually... That's what the... You know the fake banana flavor in candy? Yeah. That's what those bananas tasted like, which really? is why the candy tastes that way. Well, it's more what they tasted like, but that actual substance is a, is banana oil, which I made in my organic chemistry class. It's completely synthetic. What's the point of calling it organic chemistry? Uh, organic just means anything that has carbon in it. Right. Are you ever doing chemistry that's not carbon-based? Yeah, sure. So does organic food count as any food as long as it has carbon in it? Technically, <laughs> yes. Because I, I think organic food is one of the dumbest... I mean... Well, the thing All is right, that I'm most... going to not say dumbest, but I think it's one of the the most like arbitrary things. Well, the thing is that organic technically means having to do with life, right? So exactly. when people say organic, what they mean is like the, all life is carbon based. So when chemists say organic, they mean anything with carbon because yes. carbon is life. And when organic people say organic, they mean anything that isn't synthetic, even though most synthetic things are organic things. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's just sort of like, well, the cows are real stamp. 
and like, oh, well, this one's organic. <laughs> but, so do you object to organic food as an industry or just as a term for the industry? I, I think it's sort of a silly term. Uh, I actually did take a class discussing this. It was called like, it was like a, an elective class. <laughs> called Why is Organic a Dumb? No, it was called <laughs> Incultured Eating, actually. It was in kind of culture. interesting. We learned the right way to eat chocolate. No. Because there on. is a right way. No. Hold now on. you're being a chocolate prescriptivist. Is, this the right like... way to eat chocolate is as much as possible in your mouth, and then you're done. <laughs> I no, but the right way to like proper like like you know how there's a right way to sip wine. No, there isn't. Taste the the right way to sip wine is to drink it and then look around for more. <laughs> All right, I'm going to describe you <laughs> the process of properly eating chocolate because this is what they told us. You, they, they you just, put it in your wine glass. It. You slosh it. You sniff the aroma. You clink it around, make sure it has a nice <laughs> hard noise in the glass. Uh, Crush it up, you snort it. <laughs> oh dear. You so, snorted chocolate? Cause that, uh, have you not snorted chocolate? Am I doing it wrong? I mean, it's oil-based. Oh, Do humans not idea. normally snort chocolate? I've been snorting know. chocolate for a really long time. There was a lot of chocolate powder in my room this week because I, <laughs> I bought one of those gigantic like packets of rosebuds. You know, like It comes in a big plastic container. And it's just like all these little chocolate rosette things. Oh, okay. And you I thought them. you meant like actual rosebuds and I was confused. No, no, no. Like the, the chocolate like rosebud things. And once you eat them all, there's all this chocolate powder at the bottom. But you I just, didn't snort it. I should have. You should try that. For yeah. science. Get back to me. Let me know yeah. how it goes. You, you'll be in love with the cocoa. <laughs> all right. So the real way, proper way, as prescribed by uh, whoever this teacher was who, did, who told us about it. was What, what school was this at? Concordia. So this is the Concordia official way mm, to yes. eat chocolate. Yes. Right. Which I'm sure differs from the McGill model of chocolate eating. Probably. They... I would say so. <laughs> McGill's model is don't. It brings you pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the hedonist so concordance. They they, di- they, uh, they di- distributed these little chocolate pieces, like like single like little Jersey milk type things. But they were obviously Belgian chocolate, much more uh, fancy. Oh, obviously. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they said, "All right, you're gonna do. You're gonna unwrap it, obviously, and you're gonna. Well, it's not necessarily it obvious. You might want to smell it before you unwrap it. Maybe no. you want to put it in your mouth and well, remove you do, it, the wrapper with first, your tongue. You break it next to your ear, and it, or you break it. And you have to make sure that it's a clean break. Oh, you have to listen if it to breaks the snap cleanly, eh? and it has a nice snap. Then you know it's real chocolate and not like any uh, not organic stuff, not milk not chocolate official. flavored confection. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to make sure if it, it breaks perfectly cleanly like that, it's real chocolate. Right." Then I'm on board. You uh, of course you smell it first to like see see what kind of uh, what kind of um, head it has. Is that what it's called with wine? I know <laughs> what kind of head you're getting from the chocolate. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, what's that term for wine when it has like a nice nose? It's got a is it nose. nose? Yeah, it's the nose I, I thought it was like the bouquet. No, the head is the bouquet. There you go. There you go. I, look, I don't know. I don't drink wine much, and then uh, you so you sniff it. You you get the bouquet, and then you put it in your mouth, and you. Let it melt on your mouth. You don't chew it right away. Oh yeah, uh, that, let it let that it melt in on your clear. tongue, and you just but you don't do anything right away. You just let it do it, and then you sort of move it around your mouth a little bit, just sort of left and right, and you let it just like cover your palate completely. Yeah, and then you just let it melt. You don't chew it, and you just sort of melt it, and then after a certain point, like if you get tired of it and you need to swallow, you can just chew it and swallow it. And I'm trying like not to like I'm automatically gesturing so you can understand. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to help our podcast <laughs> listeners, but that's okay. We know that you're gesturing. Yeah, so, that part I think, like, do you need to be taught that? I, that's just sort well, of how but, I but have then come to but understand then what you do chocolate. Is you, once you finish like swallowing that, and you you've like melt like really like, you have to like really coat your palate completely so yeah. you can get full coverage of every taste bud in your mouth. Uh huh. And then you swallow it, and then what you do is you breathe in th- in through your mouth and then out through your nose. All right, and you like get the secondary sort of. Ah, so uh, all of your smell receptors it's as like, well it's as your taste receptors you really are use fully every single sense in your bonded. body. Like yeah. uh, you have all five senses. You like you touch it first. You break it next to your ear. You hear the, the little crack noise, mm-hmm. and you check it with your eyes to make sure it uh, it's real chocolate. And you smell it. Then you Wait, taste I'm, it. I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned about this sight part. How do you check with your eyes if it's real chocolate? Well, well you just when see you break if it, it broke. And you break it if it breaks like a clean break, like ah. a smooth like a break then it's like real chocolate well that also depends on like the manufacturing process of the chocolate right because what what determines well, if it's like pure chocolate rather than but what what determines a lot of the like the consistency and and like physical properties of chocolate is actually like how small the crystals are of the of the chocolate fats 
And that depends how how slowly you let it cool. So if you let chocolate cool very quickly, then the the crystals crumbly. will be very large, I think. Or is it the opposite? No, if you if you let if it cools very quickly, then the crystals are very small and fine, and that's good chocolate. But if it cools very, very slowly, then the crystals have time to grow very large, and then it's this that kind of so so maybe awkward. that maybe that it's the, what they meant was or what if I'm just remembering it wrong because it was maybe a year and a half ago now, yeah. uh, is, is that it? It's like good quality chocolate, right. maybe is what it, was it what they meant? Yeah, but yeah, there's like the real way to eat chocolate, and mm. we've all been doing it wrong. Huh. Oh. There you go. You can have a, a good clickbait title for this if you want. Is uh, <laughs> the best way to eat chocolate. Uh, Four reasons you've been eating chocolate wrong your whole life. The real way shocked me. <laughs> in my uh, in my improv class over the weekend, we did this exercise where we paired up and had to inst- like one person would instruct the other person uh, to mime out every small step of doing some kind of simple action. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, I partnered up with this girl, and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna fry an egg," uh, and I realized like. When you like, and this is reminding me because of what you were just yeah, saying, step by step. Yeah, like you don't realize how complicated the things that you do are until you're told to dissect them by every tiny detail. So it's like, put your hand on the water bottle, lift the water bottle, reach your other hand toward the cap, twist the cap a couple of times. What does this have to do with frying eggs? Remove the. You're cap. getting off topic. I forgot about the eggs part. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you have to make sure that your throat is not dry when you fry the eggs. Right. Yeah, For the hydrated. end part of, because you know the last step of frying eggs is yelling at the top of your lungs that the eggs are ready. I almost did it, but I decided not to because the microphone. <laughs> <in front of me. laughs> Where are eggs? Get your eggs. I mean, food's ready. <laughs> you want you, some eggs? You could be doing that thing where you're like removing the yolk from the egg, where you put the water bottle on top of it and suck up the yolk. There you go. Fun thing. That, I mean, that's sort of a dumb reason. I mean, you can also, I guess, you're justify a dumb it that reason. Way, but you know, why would you ever separate an egg like that? That's nonsense. I want the whole egg. I'm well, not here to fry part of an egg. No, I'm but here to not fry for the frying. That's why you're fat. No. <laughs> I mean, not for frying purposes, but for like cooking purposes, you're yeah. gonna need some whites at some point. Yeah, for making of merengue, you know. Yeah. You, you didn't roll your R enough there. Merengue. 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 Can you not roll your R? Merengue. Not with my tongue, only with my uvula. Uh, that's like gargling. It's different. Merengue. That's just gargling. It's that's different. Not, no. That's gargling. Next no. time you guys make a lemon <laughs> merengue pie. <laughs> kind of. Merengue. Make sure that you have plenty of egg whites. Merengue. <laughs> that was such a contrast between merengue and egg whites. Egg whites. <laughs> egg whites is hard to sound cultured when you say it. Egg whites. So you could say like, uh, I mean, I'm going to butcher it because my I'm not best at accents, but if you have like a British accent to it and you go like egg whites. Egg whites? Whites. That's not egg British. Whites. That's just mm, pedantic. Egg whites. <laughs> egg whites. Yes. Um, okay, no. but the question I wanted to ask like 10 mm. minutes ago yes. was, what is the perfect time to eat a banana? Yes. At at which stage is the banana of optimum banana eating Like utility? 16 or 17. <laughs> Tom, oh. you're not allowed to be on this podcast anymore. I host this podcast. You have been banned for life. No, I mean like on a if you're looking at a banana's lifetime scale as being from a one to a twenty. Don't don't don't, don't. <laughs> you're just digging. <laughs> you don't want to have your banana too close to the twenty because then it's brown and it's good for baking and not much else. So you want it like close to there where like maybe a small part of the peel has reached the browning stage, but it's still mostly yellow. I'm gonna level with you guys. Um I am sort of allergic to bananas. Are you? Sort yeah. sort of. I mean, I don't know if I am anymore because I, uh, according to my allergist, I didn't react to it at all. But I have like a, an oral allergy to it. Okay. Just to raw bananas, so that like if I eat one, which I haven't done in maybe like ten years or more now, uh, it just like my throat gets really itchy. Like just uh, my throat. There's no. Yeah. I won't die. I won't like. Hyper like hyperventilate, I won't wheeze or anything, but like right, you're allergic to bananas the way I'm allergic to cat fur. If, if I eat <laughs> you just it, like yeah, it will it will be bad. Well, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem <laughs> if you just don't eat cat fur. <laughs> oh man, are you gonna are you gonna have that? 
Excuse me? <laughs> right there. Are Talking to your that? cat right there. Like, hey, let, let me ask some of that. You're doing all it's the like licking. like the cat like bathing. You're just like, hey, I got it. I got it. Mm. Oh, dear God. Oh, oh mm. I can't help it. I'm so itchy. I'm sure I did that at some point as a kid. You licked your cat? I'm sure I must have. I, I mean, your like, tongue no. isn't good for, like, well, tongue, like I have to like, brush the way cats' tongues are like, brushes. I've kissed my cat's heads and then, like, gotten fur in my mouth as a result yeah. mm-hmm. and i've also lived in a house that has cats in it and gotten fur in my mouth as a result it just yeah just walking down the hallway like oh i've mm, like i bought i bought a sweater a little while ago and i brought it into my house and i took it out of the bag and put it right in the closet hung it up just so i wouldn't get like it's like a dark sweater and i didn't want to cover it in fur like this one is and um like the next day i take it out to put it on and i just look at it and it's somehow covered yeah, closet door is closed. No cats are ever allowed. I don't even let any cats in there ever. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. oh well, I guess, I guess I my first mistake was bringing it into the house. Yeah, yeah the air is just full of it. It's floating here and there and every which way. Yeah, so you can have your banana discussion, but I'm not going to have a lot of input. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I find that there's not really a too late stage for bananas, although it it sort of depends on my mood because there's a the the. There's a more complex flavor to the unripe banana, right? Or like the not quite fully ripened banana. The totally ripened banana is more like Andy's preference for very sweet apples. It's like, it's a single thing. It's sweet and not much else. The banana, as there's still a bit of green, is there's like some sweet, but there's a more complicated kind of planty flavor to it. It's got some bitterness to it, yeah. 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 It's like slightly grassy if if you go too far, but like Mm. if you're just on the borderline... I don't know. There's a sweet spot there. Yeah, but I think it once it gets too brown and just come kind of turns into a slush. Well, yeah, like at, at the point anymore. where there's then legitimately it's bread, it's delicious. Yeah, there's legitimately like just brown mush there. Then you you don't really have a banana anymore. You've yeah. got a bunch of. <laughs> I think you've progressed past the point of banana. <laughs> yeah, you've got a like a whole bunch of fungi just doing what fungi do. Mm. Then you cook them and make them into bread and delicious. Yeah. yeah. Can you eat banana bread? Yeah. Okay. I, I love it. It's delicious. That's kind of like it's me only with dairy. Bananas. Like I can handle like cheese, but I can't handle milk unless it's you, been baked I'm into stuff. I'm surprised you. That makes, sort of makes sense. I'm surprised you can't. You can't. Yeah, like, you can handle cheese because like it seems like, I know like, yogurt and stuff would make sense because that's like much different. But yeah, well, yeah. yogurt. The thing with yogurt is that like there's no lactose left. The bacteria have eaten all of it. That's why yogurt is completely unsweet and you have to add a bunch of sugar to it. Oh, yeah. No, plain yogurt is disgusting. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, the same is probably partially true with cheese, right? Like cheese is not nearly as sweet as milk is. No, cheese has less lactose count than regular milk. Yeah, and probably but for I, similar yeah. reasons. But I find like I can, eat, right? I can eat cakes and things and it doesn't kill what me. What about ice cream cake? Uh, it's been a while. I don't know. I, when, I when cut the out ice cream. had ice cream? God, 2013, maybe? That makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. But Ben and Jerry has just released a bunch of like dairy free mm. ice creams and they released my favorite flavor. So I'm like, yeah, maybe totally I should check good. that out. Dairy free. What are they like? Is it soy milk or I'm what? not even sure. I, I, sorbets. I don't ask Sorbet. questions. They already have sorbets. sorbets. Yeah. I'm not the type of person who asks questions. If you tell me that it's a food, then I'll eat it. <laughs> ben and Jerry's, by the way. Ben and Jerry's. It's they, a food. They have the best names. For their products and their flavors of anything I've heard ever in my life, hmm. of anything ever. Well, I mean, I mean, for people that name flavors of foods, would you change your name to a Ben and Jerry's flavor name? Yes. All right. Which one? Cherry Garcia. Mm, that one's kind of taken. Hello, my name has, is Americone Dream. Have Have names ever? Has that ever happened where just like, I want to name my son Billy. Sorry, sir, that, that name's taken. Uh, you're going to have to choose something else. <laughs> I mean, first and last name, I feel like it's, it's kind of an argument to be made. All right, so like, how about... Um, like Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, about, like... Vanilla. If, if, your, if your last name is Bieber, you don't name your kid Justin. <laughs> and if your last name is Ice, you don't name your kid Vanilla. It's just... It my makes last sense, name right? is not Ice, so <laughs> it could be Vanilla. As established approximately 56 minutes ago, Andy's first name is Andy, and his last name is Sherman. Okay. Not Ice. So if you have a kid don't name the kid p because then they will be p sherman 42 wildby way sydney it's a good one never, i've never heard that also one before. also don't name your kid peabody and yeah peabody and sherman and peabody wait 
was P. Sherman? Sherman's first name just Peabody and? Uh, it could have been. You never, they never really went into that. That's part of that whole like big Pixar like multiverse crossover. Was it Pixar that made the the Nemo? Uh, P- Peabody and Sherman movie? No, Probably. they made Nemo. They I made know that. Nemo. They made Finding Nemo, a show about a small fish who tries to find a smaller fish. What about Sherman's Lagoon? <laughs> Wasn't that a thing? Sherman's Lagoon. Uh, that is a thing. Who was the Sherman in that? It's a place, isn't it? Well, it was a it was a the name of a of a comic strip. Oh, maybe in the local newspapers. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, it's like a shark whose name is Sherman, but it's okay. his first name, so it's different. Uh, man, okay. Sherman, Sherman. Uh, interestingly, here's a little fun little fact about myself. Welcome to um, the latest segment of our show. Fun, fun fact facts about, about Andy, Andy Sherman. Andy. There you go. I guess you're gonna have to have me back now. <laughs> da, 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 da. Thanks. Um, so. Um, I'm Jewish, and the way a lot of people that are Jewish name their children is that they name a Hebrew name first, okay, and then they sort of choose uh, an English name that course sort of corresponds to it. But sometimes I'll just straight up just like if it's like something like Miriam, which is a Hebrew name, they'll just be like, well, just Miriam in English, also big deal. But yeah. sometimes it doesn't quite work like that. So usually it's named after people who have passed away depending on your tradition some people named after people who are still alive all right but uh, i was named after i think my great great uncle do they ever name them after people that are still alive but they're like hoping they're on the way out no okay <laughs> that, that's incredibly disrespectful <laughs> okay good the, but like the the list of people who you would name your kid after and you're hoping dies soon <laughs> It's probably pretty small. <laughs> like that Venn diagram does not line up. Very it's like well. you love them a lot, but you know they've got some sweet inheritance. <laughs> <You just laughs> want that will. <laughs> so, um, I was named after uh, I think my great great uncle. I actually have three Hebrew names, but whatever. So my his name was Nehemiah in Hebrew. Okay, and so That's my ne- Hebrew name is Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Yes. Okay. If you want to be all North American, you, you, yeah, you want my full Hebrew name right now? I just, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Nehemiah Rechmiel Yosef Ben Moshe Cheska. Okay, Which, Where were the name breaks in there? So Nehemiah. Okay. First one. Then my my second Hebrew name is Yerachmiel. All right. And the third one is Yosef. All right. Which is Joseph. You might know. Then it says Ben, <laughs> which means son of. Okay. Moshe. Okay. Yechezkel. Ezekiel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's not my dad's actual name in English. It's not Moses Ezekiel, but... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so the way it works is that you sort of have a given English name that sort of corresponds to that. So um, they didn't do that for me because if they had, my name would have been uh, Norman Sherman. Uh, Norman Sherman. Or, that's so much fun. Or uh, possibly Hyman Sherman, which they did not want. So Fair enough. All right. They're just like, Andy sounds good. Interesting. But Andrew, is Andrew a Jewish name of some kind as well? No, just an English name. Because there was there was an Andrew like in in the Bible like the New Testament one of mm. the apostles is is called Andrew in like the English translations right um, I wonder what his actual name was it, it would be something like Roman or something it wouldn't be a Hebrew origin name well it should be because they, they were all Jewish guys you know like it's, yeah but uh, it would be either some sort of odd translation it re- yeah. I think I'm pretty sure Andrew is like a I think the origins are like like Gaelic or something I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just it's like it's not well, a name. Well, that's that... the thing. Like a lot, a lot of those names have been, you know, pulverized through Greek and then Latin and then yeah. English to the point where, like, you know, but like there were other languages besides Hebrew that back then, anyways. And with it not being uh, like a Hebrew, uh, Jewish controlled state back then, right? It was like hmm. uh, Romans that were there, and so they would probably have spoken their language instead of uh, Hebrew all the time. Right, that's yeah. true. That's fair. And lo- locally was Aramaic, I guess, was the common language. Uh, I don't know if that... I think that was uh, already dead by then. I'm mm. not 100% sure. I don't know about that. No, I know, I, I know I think, Aramaic is yeah. like an ancient language, and that was like a really old, but I don't know how uh, prevalent it was back then at that point. I'm no scholar on... Oops. Yeah, as far as, as, far as I know, people, people say that probably when Jesus spoke, he spoke Aramaic. It's possible. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, probably historians. Yay, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> that would be the the first <clears throat> guess. But if not, let us know in the comments what language Jesus spoke you and around. also what Andrew actually means or comes from. Do you speak Aramaic? Tell us in the comments. In do Aramaic, sp- do you speak Andrew? Tell us in the comments. Do you, do you speak? Tell us in the comments. That they won't if they don't speak. Tell us. In the comments. 
I'm always confused. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the Up for Discussion. <coughs> yeah, thanks, guys, for listening to the Up for Discussion podcast. podcast. And if you uh, like this show, you can help us keep doing it by going to patreon.com slash up for discussion. If you pledge just more than $5, you get to choose something that we talk about. If you pledge just more than $20, Tom will buy you a hamburger. You're and right. uh, otherwise, it's going to be a fun time these next few times that we do this. I don't know why, but we always find some way to have the fun times. And Guys, I'm going to play some guarantee. music. Mm. Play us out with funny comments. Thanks for having me, guys. It was really nice. <laughs> Andy, we love you. That's a Aww. funny comment. That's a good joke, Tom. <laughs> so uh, we never did discuss my cup. Oh, yeah. Uh, I brought it specifically for discussion. It's not, it's not really anything fancy. I figured you guys would have more interesting ones to talk about. I mean, yeah, the cup that we have here for Tim is a little bit more interesting. I yeah. am the world's best boss. Yeah, well, I mean, mine is just sort of a dark blue. It's pretty, it's it's good. It's a solid cup. Mm-hmm. Got some weight to it. Uh, has a nice, obviously, it's, since it's a mug, you can it has a little handle to it, mm-hmm. and you can just sort of drink your hot beverage in it or your cold beverage, whatever you want. I actually had some water in this before. It's gone now. Mm-hmm. Quite thirsty. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite a fan of uh, Tim's cup, though. Must say, uh, mm-hmm. it's white. It's tall. This ukulele is horribly out of tune. Well, you should have tuned it. Tim, we're discussing cups right now. Guys, my cup protects my testicles in the event of obstructions. Good night.